to the Child Life Cooperative Podcast, a place where child life professionals share their real and honest stories with host and certified child life specialist, Allie Jones. A sweet two-year-old boy cries softly as he faces another painful treatment for his cancer. A brother just learned that his little sister, who's been cancer-free for two years, has now relapsed. A mother faces an unimaginable reality she must bury her beautiful teenage daughter. These situations are unfortunately all too common in the field of child life. Trina Krishan, a child life specialist with over nine years of experience in the pediatric oncology clinic, has seen it all. So, how did she keep going when she lost patience? How did she find hope when she started to burn out? This week's episode, New Hope, Overcoming Burnout, examines the signs and solutions to burnout. Now, here's this week's Honest Story. All right, thank you guys so much for joining the Child Life Cooperative podcast. This week, I have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Trina Krishan. I'm a child life specialist at Delnor Hospital in Geneva, which is part of Northwestern Medicine. That's awesome, Trina. So today we're going to talk about um, burnout and what that is uh-huh. like for child life specialists and just the different um, ways that we can be impacted in our field and experience that compassion fatigue. So before we even jump into that, would you like to just kind of share a little bit about your child life story and journey to this point? Sure, sure. Many years ago, uh, I was working as a teaching assistant with children with behavioral challenges in a high school. When a friend of mine called me from the hospital to say they were creating this position called Child Life, and she thought I might be good for the job. So not knowing anything about Child Life at all, um, I did go ahead and I was brave. I applied for the job as the first Child Life Specialist at the hospital, which at that time was Central DuPage Hospital. Um, I did get the job. I was thrilled and very excited. I covered the pediatric unit and the PICU. And then within a few years, um, I was invited to participate in some cases in the neonatal intensive care, and then I would be paged to the emergency department. Then within a few years, um, we started work in the pediatric outpatient clinic. So I was a busy girl. You were (laughs) very busy. You got experience all over, too. And then I know um, more recently, too, you had an extensive experience in the oncology world as yes. well with pediatric oncology. Can you tell me a little bit about um, what that was like for you? What kind of services you provided? I have really enjoyed the time I spent in the um, pediatric oncology outpatient clinic where the kids would spend a lot of time outpatient, also sometime inpatient. I enjoyed the experience to get to know the patients and families on such an intimate level during such a challenging part of their life. I feel honored that I had that opportunity. Um, The program grew quite extensively, um, and we supported a lot of kids during Mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. I eventually shifted over to just the outpatient clinic where I spent about 80% of my time with those patients and families. And it's interesting that you bring out burnout, burnout because I think that was an important piece of being in that role that's a difficult job. Not that they're not, they're not all difficult and mm-hmm. challenging, but especially in the pediatric oncology world, I think that has the potential to be very mm-hmm. difficult on some people. Mm-hmm. 
what sort of things would you experience related to pediatric oncology? Like what sort of things really drew you in and required a lot of you? I think being in that environment was so different and so wonderful because unlike being in a pediatric unit where you see the children come and go and you see, you know, everything from tonsillectomies to things a little more serious, you really get to know those patients and families over a long period of time. You get to know their relationships with each other, Mm -hmm. their relationships with staff, and their relationship with their diagnosis, which is huge. And to be able to work with those kids on that level and get to know how they understand their diagnosis, what their prognosis is, and how they understand their prognosis is absolutely, it's a phenomenal role, and I really enjoyed it. Mm, that's awesome, Trina, especially that long-term aspect of, mm-hmm. of really walking life with people and all their highs and lows. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me, obviously keeping in mind HIPAA, mm-hmm. um, so no patient names or anything like that, but um, could you kind of detail what it was like with a certain patient that really, uh, that you walked a lot of hard roads with? Does anyone come to your mind? I have so many. Um, one probably was a young lady that was diagnosed. Um, She was brought into the clinic, uh, ironically, while her father was dying, and her her mother and her grandparents were looking for hospice placement for her, for him, excuse me, and she was diagnosed. Wow. So it was a horrible, horrible time for family. Her father did eventually pass, and she went through treatment beautifully, gracefully. She supported a lot of other kids during her treatment, even after her treatment, Um, and she relapsed shortly after her younger brother was diagnosed with exactly the same cancer. So it was a horrible situation. Um, I felt honored to know the family so well, but just in disbelief that a family could go through this. Mm -hmm. She eventually lost her battle, but not before inspiring so many other patients and inspiring me to go on and to support people in any way I can, and her spirit lives on. Wow, that's amazing. It is, and she was an amazing young girl. So I think she is one of the many kids that just inspired me and taught me. You know, you think of being in an adult role, you'll teach the children, and that has not been my experience Mm -hmm. at all, especially Mm -hmm. working with these very special oncology patients. Absolutely. I mean, you think about how child life were here to help the children cope, Mm -hmm. but yet at the same time they help us in so many different ways Mm -hmm. too and leave such a lasting impact. Yeah, she not only inspired patients, and it's just a miracle to watch what happens, how she inspired so many other patients. She inspired her family. She had such a positive impact on so much, so many of the staff members and physicians. It was just incredible to have, you know, I'm honored to have known her. Wow. As many of the kids. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they never leave your mind and your heart. No, no. What did Child Life Services require of you? Like, what sort of support did you provide her during that time of her her walk? Everything from um, being hands-on support to her, helping her with coping through, you know, these cancer patients, regardless of how old or young, they go through so much mentally, physically, spiritually. And to just hold her hand, help her with coping through the many, many port accesses, Mm -hmm. the procedures that she'd have hard times with, her illness, talking with her, not only helping her cope directly during those procedures, but also helping her to find a way to help her cope globally. You know, Mm. I know we talked a lot about writing and she would write and she wanted those writings to all be very private, which they were. 
Um, she would draw pictures. She would also she loved to laugh, loved to make other people laugh. Mm. And I think just that support and being there with her, her and her family and being there to support them was huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It makes me think that with each port access, with each intervention, with each heavy conversation, you're giving a lot of yourself during that time um, and pouring out a lot to her, even though you're receiving too. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like she was able to bless you and encourage you in so many ways. But what was it like just even trying to leave work at work and go home? Like, did you find yourself having a hard time separating when you have given so much to her each day? Sometimes I I could, and I, I agree with you. It's definitely a back and forth, and it always has been for me. I get so much from the patients. You know, I, I only hope and pray that I give them part of what I'm getting from them. But um, prayer is a big part of my life. I have to pray for these kids. I have a God bottle, mm-hmm. and the kids and families that I work with that I know, they're out of my reach. You know, I can't mm-hmm. do anything about the the horrible, looming prognosis that hangs over some of these kids. But I would put their name in a God bottle, and that's my special prayer bottle mm-hmm. that I can pray for them. And that would help me, knowing that they were ultimately in his hands mm-hmm. is a huge help for me, huge mm-hmm. help for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just reminding ourselves, too, of this circle of control, like that we are responsible for how we act, what we do, how we love, how we serve, and then trusting the mm-hmm. Lord, too, that he can He can carry those kids better than we ever could. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um that's beautiful, Trina. When did you start to realize that, I guess, did you start to realize that maybe you were starting to feel drained or, or tired from serving on the front lines in this way? Do you know, I always thought um, when I started doing this, it is the best job in the world. It's the, I feel so blessed to have had this job. And I know I started talking to my supervisor just bit by bit after about nine years in the oncology clinic that, you know, I don't know that I should continue this. I feel that if you're not doing a good job, you shouldn't be doing it. You know, either do it very well or don't do it. And I spoke with her a few times. I spoke with a few people about my feelings and just that I was beginning to feel a little bit overwhelmed. I know when I trained my volunteers that worked in that clinic, I would always say, this isn't for everybody. And if you feel that this is more than you can bear, step back. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you need to step back. So I really gave that some thought and very reflective and thinking, I think it's time for me to step back. And the time where I knew, at the, at, I remember the very moment where I thought I have to step back here. I had been in the field long enough, unfortunately, to see some of those kids that were cancer-free come back with a secondary cancer caused by the treatment for the first cancer. And when I realized the ramifications of what we do to cure cancer, I wouldn't change it. You know, we need to still cure cancer. Mm -hmm. We need to get through this. But I did not realize the impact of we could actually cause cancer by treating cancer. And it was overwhelming. And I had seen a lot of kids relapse by that time, kids that I thought were home free. So they would come back, and on one particular afternoon, I met with a family with a little 18-month-old boy, and he had just been diagnosed. And his mother, obviously, understandably distraught, sat in the play area with me, and she cried, and she told me how devastated she was. And in the back of my mind, I felt my own heart kind of sink and think, Mm -hmm. I can't sit here and watch you go through this and not be there positively supportive I can't do it 
And I realized at that moment, I need to back away. Mm-hmm. And that was my deciding. Everybody says there's a pivotal moment. That was my pivotal moment. And I will never forget looking at this woman and thinking, I don't know that I can positively support you for the long term. And I didn't say that to her, but mm-hmm. I knew in my heart that it was time for me to go. Mm. So um, that's what I did. Why do you think that was? Like, to kind of push a little deeper, like, why do you feel like you couldn't support her positively? Like, is it because you felt like you had nothing else to give or you just felt like you've seen so much grief and loss? Was there a certain thought behind that as well? I think all of us are made up of all the experiences that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think it was so positive, so important to be positive and to be believing that he would get through this Mm -hmm. and they would survive this. Even though you have to be realistic, you have to keep a very, very positive outlook and I knew if I couldn't be 100% positive, I couldn't be that person for them. So it was important for me to try to find the person who could be for them. As much as I wanted to be that, as much as I really prayed about it, I knew that it was time to move on. And I believe that everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. and there's somebody else to step in mm-hmm. and take that role. And um, that's an honor for me to be part of finding that person. Oh, man. I mean, it's... Nine years. So you were in oncology for nine About years. That, yeah. That's a really long time, and and that's a lot of just a lot of different loss and victories that you mm-hmm. experienced too. Did you? You mentioned as well, like that you started to notice just even change in of feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like were there like little actions or little things that you did that you also started to realize, hmm, like I might be starting to burn out. Like any practical things on a day to day basis. I think probably for me more than maybe what you'd say is traditional burnout is I live to create change. I love that. I love inspiring people to find a different way to do things. And I think I had been in that clinic, in that area, in that arena with those patients for a long time. And it was time for me to move somewhere else to inspire somehow differently. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that was. But I didn't feel like I'm done being a child life specialist. My role is done. I just thought in that particular area, it was Mm -hmm. good for me to move on. Yeah. That's really neat to still have, you still have hope in your heart. You know, it's not to say that like, oh, I I don't have hope at all for any patient, but Mm -hmm. just what's a different outlet to to be positive and to be cheering people on in their medical journey. And, you know, I've been talking a lot about loss and there have been, so many patients that have recovered Mm -hmm. through medical intervention by the grace of God, all of the above. And it is an absolute miracle to be part of that and to share in that joy with those families. It's just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So I think that all adds into whether you call it the burnout factor, just being done, just the willingness to want to move on and do something else and then and learn something else. I'm a life learner. I want to go on and learn something else. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. It sounds like it helps give you even a, a hopeful and positive outlook mm-hmm. for life, too, when you see it, every new adventure is something to be learned. Absolutely. And did you ever have any moments of trying to fight burnout, in a sense of, like, not being willing to change? Or, or did you feel like you were pretty pretty aware that it was time to move I forward? try to be pretty self-aware. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to be self-reflective. I think some days... I think all of us leave work and have a little cry in the car. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes 
it helps, you know, when I when I started here at Central DuPage Hospital, I was alone. It was I was it was a one person program and I think that's one of the challenges of being a one person program is not having somebody in the back room or in the office that can just say, I know what you're going through. You know, certainly staff, nurses, social workers understand, but not at the same level as a child life specialist. I think we're in such a unique role that it is challenging, and I can speak to that, that a one-person program has its own challenges. So um, I'm so blessed because the program has built tremendously in the last couple of decades mm-hmm. <laughs> that I've been here and thank goodness it's a it's a huge robust program of real strong child life specialists and we can support one another and that's beautiful. Mm, absolutely that also points to a huge concept of this idea of burnout of like who do you have mm-hmm. walking alongside exactly. of you too. Yes. How did the child life team and like staff members families like were you pretty open about your reasonings for transitioning or what kind of situation did that look like? I think it looked different to the staff. The staff knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. The staff knew I was looking for a different opportunity to grow. Um, Luckily, at the same time, the hospital was looking to add more staff. So the timing was wonderful Mm -hmm. for me to just say, um, we had partnered with another sister hospital where I am now. And I had asked for that move to move to the other hospital. So I still have the relationship with all the child life specialists. Mm -hmm. But to have that... um, camaraderie with staff to be able for them to know what was going on with the families it was different you know I was just I told them I had different opportunity I was going to miss them which I certainly do Mm -hmm. and I love them which I certainly do and it was hard on one level to leave them but I knew they were in very good hands and that was so important to me that somebody received them and loved them um, so now, where are you now? Like, so you moved to the sister hospital. Um, can you tell us about what it's been like? It's so interesting because it's almost like 20 years, 23 years ago when I was at Central DuPage Hospital, but mm. on a smaller scale. I'm very involved in the emergency department, in the outpatient clinics, um, a little bit involved in the special care nursery that they have, and radiology. I think some of the things that I'm most proud of there are the um, committees that I'm on, the pediatric mm-hmm. committee that's been formed in the emergency department, and just having started a child abuse or child protection team to guarantee that we're identifying ch- victims of child abuse and neglect. That's awesome, Trina. So do you feel burned out now after you're learning and growing and do, doing so many neat things at your new hospital? Do you no, feel like I don't it's feel been burned. refreshing? Yep. I do think so. I wish it was busier. I'm Mm -hmm. a go-go person, so this has been interesting to slow down the pace a little bit. But I do love it, Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping more great things will come. Trina, thank you so much for sharing about your story and just being honest and transparent and um, sharing such beautiful stories about the impact that you made. I have no doubt that the families are forever thankful for you, too, and the imprint that you left on their lives. Thank you. I have loved it. I have loved it. And I have loved being part of this professional life. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're still a part of it too. Even with transitioning from oncology that you found a place that you're really utilizing your talents. Um, now, are you excited for rapid five? I am so excited. I could hardly oh, sleep last night. Yeah. <laughs> so five different questions as uh, with requiring five different brief answers. Number one, yes. is there a silly or ridiculous pet peeve that you have as a child life specialist? I think if I have a pet peeve, it would be um, irrational unwillingness to try something 
new or something a different way. You know, we all run into that where sometimes there's a staff member that's just a little stuck. Mm -hmm. And we just need to work around that and try to get them unstuck. Absolutely. So that would be my pet peeve. Very good. (laughs) Number two, who is one person who, quote unquote, fills your bucket after a long day at work? Well, I'm very blessed. I have an amazing husband who puts up with me (laughs) and four grown children, six grandkids, any one of them who can absolutely make my day simply by calling or texting. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Family is where it's at. Yep. And number three, what is one thing people oftentimes don't realize can be taxing about your work as a child life specialist? Um, I think people think that you have to be really patient with kids to be a child life specialist. And I love being with kids, so being patient with children really is not really a challenge. I think it's challenging to be patient with staff, you know, and some of those people that, you know, I remember when I first started in my role, someone very, she didn't mean anything bad by it, but she looked at me and she said, we're paying you to play with kids. Hmm. And I just thought it would be nice to have a little bit more of an open-minded, you know, view of child life. And I think now we do. That was a long Mm -hmm. time ago. Definitely. The play lady. Yes. He makes the big bucks. Yes. Number four, what is an anchor truth? So a positive or motivational saying that you remind yourself of when you face difficult cases. Um, Every time my mantra has been, it's all about the child. It isn't about what I want to accomplish or what goals I set for the child. It's not about taking credit or being the loudest person in the room. It's just about the child. And when I feel the struggle, I go to my personal life mantra, which comes from my favorite prayer, Thy will be done. When I know I've tried my best, I give it my all, and I give it a piece of me. And then when all is said and done, I say, Thy will be done. Mm. And I have to be okay with that. That is wonderful advice and a beautiful anchor truth. Number five, what is a favorite thing you do for self-care? Um, my favorite thing in the world is to spend time on my boat in a beautiful lake in the, on a warm summer day and when it's not summer I can just imagine that it is and I truly thank God that I have been blessed with this career and I have lived my professional life with absolutely no regrets and a lot of gratitude I love that I I would love your boat Sounds awesome. Sounds like a great song. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Trina. I really appreciate you being on the Child Life Cooperative Podcast. And thank you to all of our listeners for listening um, to Trina's story today. If you guys are also feeling like maybe you can identify with different aspects of burnout, please feel free to reach out to me at Allie at ChildLifeCooperative.com. I'd be happy to talk with you guys further and direct you to people like Trina to help encourage you. Um, We're all in this together. Uh, Don't forget to also rate and review the podcast today if you have a chance to do so. And in the meantime, may we all press into the Child Life Cooperative mission by learning by reflection, uniting for support, and equipping students to advance the child life field. Thank you guys so much. Till next week.